even if you're exposed to this stuff your whole life, it's natural to explore and look away from it. And therefore, you're going to maybe have some doubt or some skepticism or try different things. Unless you're raised by a witch and then you just stay a witch. which means that we are streaming and coming to you from our various locations. We had a delightful weekend, but before we get into that, it's Into the Obscure with myself, Jenny, Tressa. Uh, Hello, thank you. And Kara. Hello. Guys, we had a really good weekend. We had the best weekend. The best. The absolute best. We were at the Great Lakes Paranormal Conference, which was amazing three days two nights and three days of incredible people we saw old friends we met new friends well Tristan and i met new friends yeah Kara already knows everybody i met some new friends mm. or at least got to meet them in actual person right exactly That's, yeah there we go i did know who go. they all were old friends you met <laughs> irl this time it's fine yes I managed to control my face most of the time. <laughs> Not me. But my arms were a totally different scenario. They I were disagree. all over the place. You, you were should probably check your our TikTok. All of our TikTok. <laughs> all of it. We're not. You're going to want to see whatever. some arms. Yep. Into the Obscure podcast on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Also, Kara had a ridiculous amount of photos on her own <laughs> Facebook. Tressa had some on hers. There are so many more to come. Oh, there's so many. Oh, my God. Wait for far more TikToks and Reels. This is just what I did today already. I I noticed because there are some photos. I don't remember being in a lot of photos, right? Like, I just, the (laughs) brain sort of kicks that information out. Uh But there are some very specific ones that I remember. And usually it's because of some sort of bit that I'm doing. So I remember the bit and then I remember, oh, there was a photo of that. So I know that there's more photos because I remember the bits. I noticed going through the actual conferences page that you're in a lot of, well, your ass is in a lot of the pictures talking (laughs) to vendors. So bonus for you. (laughs) Getting that ass out there. My butt's all over the place. And then apparently a picture of my boob. Well, I mean, that was me. Yeah. At the bar. Which is probably the best case scenario for a picture of my boob because yeah. that means I, it, it was relatable to the, con- I to mean, the I, context. I looked up and then I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. I yeah, yeah, have to see the picture. Hey, Jenny, don't be weird. I'm going to put my phone right next to your boob. <laughs> and to get the context of this photo, you will have to go and follow at least one of us. <laughs> Or the podcast page, because that's the only place that you will be able to figure out what we're talking about. And that the only place we're going to talk about it, that's mm-hmm. the teaser. Yep. 
Jenny exactly. Davis is in the chat saying hello and how great Hi, it was to see Jenny. us. Oh, so great to see you. You guys, her photos ah, ridiculous. So, so good. Out there in the world of people listening to our sweet, sweet dulcet tones, mm. go out and look at Jenny Davis's photos because they're so pretty. They're yeah. so pretty. Really enjoyed them. And I totally, totally appreciated because we saw so little of the asylum, I feel like, and just mm -hmm. in the dark. And so she definitely shared a whole lot more of it with us. Yeah, there's like this really cool warmth to them, too, for the oh. haunted sort of abandoned place. You would expect the photos to just feel colder, but they felt warm and welcoming. I really... Top notch. Top notch. Top notch. Top notch. What else? What else, guys? Oh, yeah, you did. She got a private tour Saturday, so she had some mm. extra time. Well, good. I'm glad she did, because she got the photos. She also had the Aura photography, oh, which right. I am yes. kicking myself for not doing. I'm so mad at myself for not doing, but Kara got it. Mm -hmm. I did. So it's super cool. It's a whole, like, what, 16 pages of report. Holy so cow. I'll read that one day. <laughs> but at the top of it, there's like the aura photography and what every color means. And it's even like the chakras. And I would say for me, it was totally right on. Basic summary. I'm doing a lot of stuff and I'm all over the place <laughs> all the time. That's Wait, and and energy is like up here and <laughs> yeah. but maybe like it's all just kind of like brrr, is kind of what i got from it so i was like yes don't disagree so you have then organized chaos about you that is all encompassing mm -hmm. yeah like i hit all the points but it gets chaotic so then later i was like oh that's right i wanted to get a reading or i want it so i was like jenny you're around all of these people all the time you know who's good who's totally trust you with this and she <laughs> <laughs> so having just done the chakra and aura photography, all that, she goes, you're going to go to this Reiki healing. <laughs> you need healing and not just a reading. And I was like, fine. Sure. <laughs> and then, so we did not tell him anything about the reading because we chuckled about it. Like he probably could have picked it up, but he definitely made his own assessment, basically saying exactly what the whole <laughs> chakra reading said. So I will say, so it was my first time getting it done. And I, I don't, I'm going to be honest. I was like, okay, I'm going to lay down on this thing for a little while. And at least it's like a nap. <laughs> and no, I, I will say like that whole time, normally I talk about energy up here and everything all over the place. Normally I don't go like five seconds without thinking of like 50 other things that I have to do and, and, I'll, and I'll get to all of them. It's fine. And like running through the lists all the time. But during that time, I did not do that. At one point I was like, I haven't thought about anything in a while. And that was not on purpose, not my effort. And that was cool and definitely like felt things felt different. And I'm not going to let, like, I just feel a lot like more just, oh, okay, now I'll just do this. This is fine. And it's not like that anxiety before. So I give some credit. I, I don't know. I guess might be a thing. Too. Yeah. From my angle, I snuck up and saw you because I was like, ah, no, all right. Like Kara laying down <laughs> and sitting still for like a second is something I got to see. Right. Yeah. So I snuck up there and she was just so, I've never, I've known you what, five or six years now? I've never seen you that still. Ever. I didn't even care where my phone was right then. For that there was no phone. I mean, that was I'm, it. There was no phone in the hands. It was like away from me, and I didn't care. 
Do you have a different <laughs> camera in your hands? Because that I know. Sense. I know. What? Jenny did. Jenny Davis did take a picture and send it to me. Okay. So I mean, like, okay. there's proof that this you happened. You had a photographer. That's all. But that I didn't like know at the time. But like, she didn't prearrange. It was covered. Little did I know, the universe took care of it. So, no, it was, I like, totally, I will go to this man anytime he's at a con that's around, and I probably should have made some effort, and Jenny knows him, so I think that's why I didn't make too much effort to be like, maybe I'll follow this man around a little yeah. bit. Meanwhile, I went in the general direction of Dia probably five times I, and peeked around the corner because I want to get a reading done so badly but i'm also extraordinarily terrified for no apparent reason no same but maybe just being close to her will like exude something so i was like if i could just get maybe if i walk by her table a few times maybe in six (laughs) months i might have the actual nerve to get or maybe you'll just slough off all this energy and she'll be like hey i need to tell you something real quick and it'll just keep happening and then you're gonna full story after about five years and it'll be great that'll be perfect because that's about as much information as i can absorb yes. and any about myself at any one time yeah. so oh so many good conversations though i was lost in everybody's theories about entities and energies and good ways to investigate ghosts and all sorts of things and then all of the stories about folklore and whatnot which (sighs) we all know that i love squee it was amazing mm -hmm. like so many amazing conversations with so many different people about so many Mm -hmm. different things and then you get to hear people speak specifically about the thing that they love and it was just holy Yeah, no, that's fine. I don't need to sit until I'm listening to someone speak. That's fine. No, yeah, totally I fine. loved, I think like maybe a lot of people on their first time going for a long time to one of these things, like away from, I was totally freaked out that this was mm-hmm. going to feel like a long, long time. And oh my God, a lot going on. And then I worked today and tomorrow and I was like, oh no, I'm very concerned. And no, like I cannot wait for the next one. I'm like super energized it was the most fun mm-hmm. ever like i'm not even gonna say pleasantly surprised i'm like shocked that i like yeah. that, it was that much fun and that awesome yeah. and was not weird or long a little bit saturday afternoon a little bit we sat there and ate our falafel sandwiches i did that's what i did because it was a little could have slept longer but that was not the conference's fault that was my no. fault entirely yes <laughs> no, I mean, for all of us, really, it, wasn't, yes. it had nothing to do with the conference. It was everything to do with my lack of ability to get a proper amount of sleep and well, thinking that I'm much, much younger. But Well, Melissa needs to get picnic tables next year or something. But yes, we will. Absolutely. I'm sending her my suggestions because yeah, she said be send notes. me your suggestions. So watch picnic out, tables. Melissa. Because we need to sit people. down more uh, yeah, often. I like to sit when I eat. Isn't she great? She's so great. Everybody was amazing. Everybody was amazing. I know. So nice. And it's such not my element. I can go and I can talk to all kinds of people and ask strange questions and all of those things. But for some reason, it this felt very out of my element. Mm -hmm. And everyone was so incredibly welcoming. And it was nice because that meant that I didn't need to hang on Mm -hmm. to... Kara's sleeve 
Fortress's <laughs> sleeve, I was able to go and chit-chat with people. I mean, I did do that to both of you. Well, I did that too, so. but that was because I enjoyed being around you. That was yeah. the other goal. Yeah, that's what I'll say. It was just... Yeah, that was... <laughs> it's not because I'm weird and awkward. Yeah, yeah. no, mm-hmm. just because we enjoy each other yeah. so much. Which is the other thing, because the three of us spent an entire weekend together... And we still love each other. We do like more. I can't wait. So let me tell you all, I literally Saturday morning texted my husband like, oh, that was fun. Like, no, good morning. We still all like each other. (laughs) And last night, this is who we went out with or whatever. And he was like, wow, awesome. And I would just very genuinely. And then even at the end, oh, no, we're actually spending this whole weekend together coming up. You guys, I'm like, you don't understand. It was every minute of this weekend and we don't hate each other. You don't understand. That's big. It's huge. Thank you. (laughs) I hope everybody realizes, even though we're talking once a week, this was a little scary. But it was the best. So yeah, we're so thrilled. And then all the new people that we can't wait to see everywhere else. I'm so sad that we're not going on October 7th to the Rock Island Paracon. Mm. So sad about that. Oh. Of course, I'm like looking and seeing other stuff going on. And I haven't quite found a match yet. But So in other words, be- any of our new friends or people who are just listening, just invite us someplace. And just we'll, invite us. And we'll if we can us. come, if it's realistic, we'll, we'll do our there. darndest. We we'll do, man we your booth for a little bit. Yeah, it's like, fine. it's fine. Mm-hmm. We'll bring you some snacks. Yeah, we I... love snacks. Oh, we love snacks. <sighs> Y'all, I brought so many snacks because I didn't know what we were going to do, you know? Mm. So if I didn't bring snacks, we would have just stayed in that Airbnb the whole time starving. Walking to the <laughs> gas station so across snacks. the corner. I had <laughs> apples and carrots. And Jenny Davis, that's the one that I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's the variable yes yeah decalb seems real close i'm it, I, it just feels I mean, very you guys close could go up i will probably be working well mm. we might just come get you from work <laughs> they'll notice yeah. ah, <laughs> just drop me off afterwards it's cool <laughs> i'm bringing a mannequin with a nurse's hat with a nurse's hat. Uh-huh. And I'll just put a phone in her hands and it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be fine on Make wheels. Make it an animatronic so that's occasionally. Yes. <laughs> we do have robots at work. We See? do need animatronics. We need them. Uh, we should mention also, Sierra's all up in our chat. Sierra, it was amazing to meet you oh, as well. Oh, yes. isn't she the cutest? She's literally the cutest. Oh, and there's Mike from WAP. Come on. Ah, I know. What are you guys doing? I Ah. hope you all caught all of our shirts and some good TikToks. I'm just going to keep making that noise every time anybody... Ah! (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be some good times. It's going to be a good time tonight, you guys. Are you ready for our guest? Because she just popped in. Oh, she popped in. I was going to ask. Absolutely. I got my book. Very much so. You've been reading all the books. I've been listening to all our guest spots. Jenny, you want to introduce? Or should I bring her on first? We should have talked about this. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll, how about, as you bring her on, I'll talk Uh about how I got to sort of meet her. And little did we know that Jenny had known about her long before. I was on her friend Dave Scott's show, and we were talking 
And he was like, have you ever met Varla Ventura? I was like, no. Hello. Hello. And he was like, you have to message her right now. Tell her I said that that we're friends and she needs to come on your show. And I was like, okay, Dave Scott, I will do that. And so I did. And here we are. So, Varla, hello. I'm going to introduce because I'm notoriously bad. I'm Kara. I'm Tressa. And I'm Jenny. See, I didn't Hi. even have to do it. I'm Barla. Hi. Hi. <laughs> awesome to meet you. I'm so excited to have you on. For everybody that, of course, we're going to introduce, Barla is a writer, a traveler, and lover of the strange, straight from her website. She is the author of so many cool books that I am just like devastated that it will take me two years to be able to go read them because I'm notoriously busy and I'm the worst and but no fairies pukas and changelings a complete guide to the wild and wicked enchanted realm is honestly what I'm most excited about it's not the newest book but that's the one I'm obsessed with like fairies and all of that but the newest Farla Ventures paranormal parlor ghost seances and tales of true hauntings but Jenny has a little bit more interesting history here I find it interesting. Yes. So I worked at Barnes & Noble for well over a decade, really like bookseller for life. So I picked up this, the book of the bazaar forever ago. I think it had just come out. So it was like 2009, 2010. I, I think it might, might've even been 2008. I it's, cannot it's remember the, the date, the publication date. I, it's a good part. I would check the copyright page, but I'm much too interested in staring at you and the wall behind you. <laughs> and I don't even By remember because it was that long ago. I can tell I you the beyond bizarre came out in 2010. So I think it was okay. 2008 or yeah, 2009. It, it must've yeah. been. It, it must've like been. Right after it. Because anytime oh, anything awesome. unusual up my alley came across the shelves at Barnes & Noble, I grabbed it because so rarely did something strike my fancy. But uh, oh, Especially back then. Right? Especially back then. Yeah. 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 There, were not, there was not the paranormal section as it is no, today. No, the magic section was like... <laughs> About, this big. yeah yeah maybe seven <laughs> books wide and it yep. was like raymond buckland and like a tarot book and that was about it yeah that was about it now it's a little now it occupies about this much space yeah, on the shelf. Like half a shelf. yeah we're getting there we're getting there we're growing yeah and i love the way that the book is laid out because it's organized and there are these little snippets of just insane facts that i've never heard like small things and of course i'm a huge fan of mythology and folklore and any of the magic in the world. So the fairies book, I'm all over. Started that love with Brian Froud. Oh, yeah. But Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Brian and Wendy Froud. Mm -hmm. Two of my faves. So I'm just enchanted. And now I'm looking behind you at your room and I'm seeing, am I seeing some My midnight antique... magic room. Yeah. <gasps> am I seeing some <laughs> antique picture frames? Yeah, so let's see if I can tilt this. I always get made fun of, but you will probably appreciate this. So I always have like, this is my like main, that's my gallery wall. Mm -hmm. And I love empty picture frames, especially when you have like a really dramatic wall color, like this midnight oh, blue yeah. that I have. So I probably should set myself up so that's center behind me. <laughs> No, I, I don't know why. I just have this like I little mean, cozy so couch perfect. right here. Like and it's I all just... so perfect like that. It's all perfect. <laughs> yeah. It really is. And let me tell you, if I were in my other room right now, it would mm -hmm. be, you would yeah, see no. all of my antique 
frames and all friends. of my frames with empty spaces. So yeah. I love oh, you. Oh, right good. Now. Yeah, yeah, you are like my demographic things. here. I yeah. love you guys. <laughs> this is great. This is perfect. Before well, I was looking oh, yeah, at, go. I'm sorry. I was, I've been doing my research, or whatever. But I was like, I bet her house looks amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm glad that, that checks out. Does. Well, yeah. this is my, this is the room that, so I, I moved from, I lived most of my life in San Francisco and I always lived in these like really elaborate kind of funky Victorians. Mm-hmm. And I moved to Minnesota and actually bought a house. So that was exciting. Yeah. And this kind of cool town, just like basically in St. Saint, in Saint Paul. But the house I bought, you know, if you grew up on the West Coast, you didn't experience a lot of split levels. But if you've grown up in the Midwest at all, you know how big the split level is. So I don't even know if I'd ever been in the split level before I came here and I started looking at houses. So the house itself has a very like more modern aesthetic. And so all of a sudden, all of my like, you know, old bottles and antique, like, you know, Victorian picture frames and that stuff kind of, it just started looking like it didn't quite, I was trying to figure out how to work it in. But I knew that I needed a room that was just completely, right, it's the Virginia Woolf thing, a room of one's own. And I picked the darkest (laughs) room (laughs) in the bottom of the house, and I painted it the darkest color. I mean, it's not black, but it's really dark blue. And every time I walk in here, I just feel so serene. I never think this room is dark and I can't see anything. I always just feel really, I just, when you create for a living, even if sometimes that's a little bit more mundane creation, you still need to have an inspired space. And so I just needed to, and I also, I don't even have all my books in here, but I needed a space to like pile the books that I'm, that I'm working, if I'm working on a particular book and I have this stack of, you know, I try and use books as sources more than anything. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I will go and find old books on like Gutenberg that's like a that's a wonderful resource if you're not familiar with it gutenberg.org is a it's an online archive of every book in the public domain and you can type in words and find it's like old stuff and it's all kind of been scanned and so it's not like when you get a book you'll usually get like a scholar's forward or some kind of interpretation of like what the heck this book is actually about But it's still a great resource, especially if there are some really, you know, obscure books, especially like mythology and folklore that you just you want to be able to like read, but you can't get your hands on them. So the my the greatest thing is when you have been like looking at a book and then you actually I this happened to me with one of my favorite sort of older ghost authors is Elliot O'Donnell. And I had read one of his books. Um, one of his collections of where he was talking about werewolves. And I read that online through Gutenberg. And then I was in this antiquarian bookstore, you know, about 10 miles from my house. And I got his book of ghosts. And I was just like, and it wasn't even that much. It was like $7 or something. I was oh like, my don't God, you know what this is? This is like, don't you know, tell them. <laughs> no, do not. No. They had, and they had this teeny tiny little section of like horror and kind of like, they didn't really have paranormal, but they had, you know, old collections of ghost stories. But he's an excellent writer. And actually, his ghost stories aren't really, they're not really fictional. He is an Irish writer, wrote around the turn of the um, 20th century. And he actually had a lot of paranormal experiences himself as a child. 
So unlike a lot of the writers at the time that were collecting folklore and collecting, you know, fairy tales and things like that, he kind of had a believer point of view more so than like some of the others, some of the other good old boys of the time, you know, that were even Yeats, like Yeats had an understanding of um, uh, Irish mythology, of course, um, but he was also raised by like a reverend. So he had his own kind of skew on things um so yeah anyway so there we are we just dove yeah. right into the ghosts let's go <laughs> yeah i'm a thousand percent writing all of these things down also now if you could be my best friend that would be great yeah, be best friend. Uh, we can go best to yeah we can go to all kinds Her of antique is yeah <laughs> All hey, kinds of antique bookstores. Cave and... in a couple weeks, so I, I'm in. Let's go. Stop Let's go. it. We'll talk, talk about all sorts of stuff. When Dave introduced us, Carol, when Dave introduced mm-hmm. us, the funny thing is, I don't know if you've ever seen like my official author photo, which is like five years old, and I just I, I don't like posing for photos. But I totally have like a blonde pixie cut. I know. And so somebody else, I think it might have been Merle, was like, You guys are like doppelgangers. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I better look, you know? And I was like, Oh, I'm so flattered. This is great. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, thank you. No, I'm, oh, yeah. No, I'm just enchanted. I could just watch you and Jenny talk about books and mm-hmm. stuff forever. So I'm going to ask, though, because every one of your books, like everything, like I, I do just want to like dive into all of them because they're all so cool. What do you have a favorite? Like you write about fairies, you write about ghosts, you write about everything. I have I have a, a couple favorite sections, but overall, my favorite book is actually the Paranormal Parlor book, which the, my, my so I think I evolved a lot as a writer between the book of the bazaar and my most recent one, which is paranormal parlor. And so I think that one of the things that happened is as I got a little more comfortable with just like putting myself out there, I sort of opened up more. And so there were more of my own stories rather than just collecting other people's stories. And by the time I got to paranormal parlor, it just like kind of all, all, started coming out you know (laughs) so I like that book because it's uh, ironically that is the book that I wanted to write when I proposed the book of the bazaar I wanted to write a book all about like ghost stories and haunted America and at the time there were only a few books that were really kind of like taking the nation by storm and like Jeff Ballinger was one of them so he was having a lot of success with his I think it was, I cannot remember the name of it, but it was like the Encyclopedia of Haunted Places, it might have been. And it was all in that era, you know, it was like, and those were the, those were the few books that would make it into Barnes and Noble, right? Like that was the big deal. Yeah. If you could yeah. get into Barnes yeah. and Noble, if you could get into a brick and mortar store, that was everything. So, um, so the Book of the Bazaar sort of evolved into this like other thing. And there are some, like if you were to read that and then read the Paranormal Parlor, you would you would kind of see where there's like other people's stories that I've interviewed. But what was cool about the Paranormal Parlor book is I always, for whatever reason, even though I've immersed myself in like the paranormal world, whatever, I think I like set out to write that book and I just thought I'm just going to come up with all these chapters and it's going to be other people's stories. It's just going to be this book of ghosts, right? And as I started writing it, uh, every so every chapter I would write an intro, but like I had kind of worked it out how I thought the book was going to be. 
which is always a joke if you've ever tried <laughs> to write a book or anything. It never quite kind of has a mind of its own. Yeah. Um, but I kept finding that when I would dive into write like the introduction to, you know, the section about child ghosts or the section about haunted hotels or whatever, I had my own experiences. And so that was just really kind of, it, it was odd because you would think, yeah, of course. I mean, I've been like, you know, writing about this and interviewed about this and interviewed other people about these topics for years. But I kind of always thought, well, I don't know, did I, have I really had it? And then I started realizing, wow, I've had like continuous paranormal experiences since I was like three years old. <laughs> and I don't, it's like I knew that, but I didn't until I started kind of putting them through. And I was like, I gotta cut some of this stuff. Like nobody needs to know, like, you know, <laughs> this is too much. I'm gonna leave a little something to the imagination. But yeah, so I love that book, but I, you know, there's parts of all of the books that I love. I think I fought for a lot of those books. There was some skepticism of whether or not people would want to read about a banshee. I had to fight to have banshees front and center on the, it's banshees, werewolves, and vampires. And at the time, like vampires were huge. And so okay. it was like, well, it should be vampires first. No, everybody's putting vampires first. Let's put banshees first. It sold that great you know but whatever we got banshees on there so <laughs> i'm happy love banshees the probably the top selling i think the book of the bazaar was probably the best selling one but it was such a different era than you know back then i feel like you got like a big buy-in from the brick and mortar stores and so you would get like you know you you'd do a print run and then you'd get orders for fifteen thousand copies and then if you went to reprint after that was like a huge, huge deal for the size publisher that I was working with and the subject matter. And then I just think like over the years with the, just, I mean, the book of the bazaar came out before, like I didn't have a cell phone then some people mm -hmm. did, but like just the way we kind of like started absorbing information, I think started just detracting from books in general yes, and, and certain types of books, especially so like collections and things that were like, you know, that could be used for like research or whatever. So not that, not that, you know, by any means, like there have obviously been like some huge hits during that time in the like more obscure or like freaky topics. But I think just like the way that we, it's just like publishing is just a very different thing now than it was in 2000 and I guess it was 2008 when I wrote that manuscript at least mm -hmm. compared to, I was 10 years later actually because the Paranormal Parlor came out and I think it was 20, no, it was not 20, it might, it might have been 2018 or I was writing in 2018. So it was almost 10 years later, like to the yeah. month. Because usually my books get pushed for the to the fall list. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah. So then that means you have to turn them in like, you know, eight months before that. So I feel like I'm always like, yeah, January, February is like my, my drinking months. I don't, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, we, so we're going to get through this manuscript. Um, now I yeah. really want to know what one of these stories were that you had to cut. Just one that oh. maybe you wish you didn't have to. Oh, Let's see. Let me think, because I feel like there was a whole chapter. So I know I can I can just remember very specifically. It wasn't a it wasn't exactly a story about was a story about me, but it was also a story about something else. There's a chapter in the paranormal parlor book. Oh, whose kitty is that? 
I can barely, oh, because I have ears and I'm like, I barely hear him. It's mine. It's the upstairs cat. Oh, oh, it's not you. Well, he wants in. No, so he's upstairs. He could come oh. down. The oh, door is closed. The dogs are in here. Are you also in a like, in a hey. basement lair? Is that oh, I'm yeah. we okay? So it's a my house is built in 1886, Ooh. and I'm on the old side of it. And on this side, so in like it's a small house, but a whole half of the house was added in the 90s, which is crazy oh. that it's a small. But this just has a spiral staircase, like going to the upstairs. So it's its own little like kind of part of the house and contained wow so he's just on this cute giant black cat with long hair sitting on the spiral staircase i have a meowing. giant black cat with long hair oh we are we are and my room is black it was the blackest black i could get you can't tell with <laughs> I, the reflective sign I did but i paint my bedroom wall black i care I, it's called like black what was it something corn Oh, I can't remember. It's that like this it something corn black. Yeah, I don't remember. I, I like want to say unicorn black, but that that would be weird. No, tricorn. It's tricorn, tricorn. black. It's tricorn oh. black. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is where yeah. my skill lies. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> details. Intense yeah. <laughs> details. Question, was a, there was a story that got cut. From a, it was cut from Paranormal Parlor. And so the there was a whole chapter on dreams and mm-hmm. lucid dreaming mm-hmm. and no to like no insult to the editor but it came in i mean it the book came in i think i was 15,000 over because this format right the book of the bizarre format like mm-hmm. really people really liked the smallness of it the like little you could just read a little bit and move on and so all of my books are actually that size yeah. at least with this publisher they are so you can imagine that book actually Beyond Bizarre is pretty long comparatively, but I, so here's, if you just look at the spines, you can see, so this is Paranormal Parlor. It's almost twice as wide (laughs) or a third as wide. It would have been twice as wide. And they, you know, you just kind of have to uphold your contract. And so the, the editor just said, is there, she gave me the option. She said, I'll cut it for you, but you can also cut it. And I said, well, if you were going to cut it, what would you cut? And she said, I think what I would do is I would pick a section and just cut that entirely. So maybe you can just think about like what section kind of doesn't fit. And we we actually sort of talked back and forth and mutually agreed there was this section about dreams and lucid dreaming, which fit, but it fit less than some of the other stuff. So in that section, there's a whole story about like, me being really young I think I was probably like three or four and having a nightmare and my mom coming into my bedroom and asking me you know what was wrong and I told her it was a nightmare and I fell in this ditch in the middle of a meadow I still remember the dream really well and she said you know like my mom is so cool she's just so cool she's she's a witch and she's just like never she she just instinctively doesn't she just kind of knew what to do in that situation without scaring me. And so she was like, okay, so just like lay back down. And at the time in my family, we had a great Dane and his name was kind sir. So she said, just lay back down and have the dream again and run through that meadow and fall in that ditch. And I'm like, Oh, so scary. And she said, you fall in that ditch. And then you look up and you see just, you know, sir will come and he'll drop a rope to you. And he'll pull you out of the out of the hole. 
And I fell back asleep and I ran through the meadow and I fell in this hole and the dog appeared and dropped a rope and pulled me out of the, out of the hole. And I was fine. And we went, you know, whatever off through the meadow. And that was as far as I remembered. And I still kind of get chills when I think about it because she taught me how to lucid dream. Yeah. She taught me that I had control in my dreams when I was so young that that just, it's like when you learn a language, when mm-hmm. you're really young, if you grow up uh, speaking more than one language, you don't like, it's harder when you're an adult or even a teenager and you're trying to learn this language and you people do, they do it all the time. Mm-hmm. But if you learn it as like the second nature. And so for me, you know, the language of the plants, the language of magic, the language of the tarot, the language of astrology, that was my second language. And so learning it instinctively at that age made it not like, I remember the first time I read a book about lucid dreaming, I was like, what is lucid dreaming? And then I read it and I was like, oh, I already like, I mean, (laughs) you can hone your skills, right? And like, whatever, go skating in the astral plane. But I realized that I that I actually had 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 been doing that and can, and can do that and still can do that just like you know learning to count to ten in another language it just it's like instinctive. Right. As so an adult, that, you're just trying to figure out the semantics and why this would be this way. And as a kid, yeah. you're just like, yeah, this is just how it is. You accept yeah. it, yeah. and then you also don't. Yeah, you don't like have all the well, I can't do that, or mm-hmm. is this real, or isn't it real? And then, so that was the story that was cut, followed by this really gnarly story about, I think it was Montague, I think it was Montague Road James. And it was this crazy story about a prophetic dream that this man had watching a Punch and Judy puppet show. It was really really creepy. Yeah, but it was pretty long. And then plus with my story in there. So we just chopped the whole chapter. So maybe that'll make it into another. I still have it, of course. I was like, that's your Um, whole next book. Yeah, (laughs) Lucid Dreaming. Now, I, with Lucid Dreaming, I, so I more so when I was younger, probably now, because I just, my brain is very busy all the time. And I just, Mm -hmm. you know, no, I do. And one day it was actually my husband, like at one point, but he wasn't my husband. He like said, you know, he had a dream that was like, I was like, isn't that how everyone, like, that's a dream. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) uh, No, "No, it's not. Why would you? And I was like, no, that's dreaming. Yeah. You just can do all that. And he, so I had no idea, literally had no idea that that was like normal dreams for me. And it's like disappointing when I can't, like when I have now what I would call an actual normal dream, it's weird and disappointing. I'm like, that was stupid. Oh, I put myself back to sleep all the time being like, no, no, girl, you go right back in there and you change the outcome right now. Yeah. So no, it's weird when I wake up and I'm like, oh, so yeah, no, I totally do. And I totally, that's normal. So yeah, no, it's fun when other people can and it's normal. Yeah. And it's fun to think about too. Like I love thinking about lucid dreams or just dreams in general as being like this, like, it's like a little snippet or movie reel, like for, for whatever reason I've always felt, it's like, you're actually getting a glimpse into an alternate life that you Mm -hmm. live. Even if it's a completely ridiculous one, if you think about it, like if you were just dropped into the middle of a different culture, you didn't know the language, you didn't know, you recognized a few things like this is a house and this is a door, it would take you like a you know a few days to a few months to possibly years to like get kind of, you know, your bearings. 
But if you're getting dropped into like all these alternate realities all the time, even though you're the center of those realities, you're not there. It would, it kind of makes sense that things don't make sense because you're not used to those yet because it's not your ordinary life. So I, I love thinking about that. Like, Ooh, are we getting like a little clue? It feels like you're getting a clue to some great mystery. I love that. I, I like it that way. Really yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, who knows there's you know i'm not a i'm not a philosopher don't really care about philosophy you know like i i mean it's fine it's just you know like whatever it's okay <laughs> actually i hate it it's boring you don't want philosophy <laughs> to be offended be very careful i'm trying so hard not to swear right now i want you guys to know that <laughs> i know i know i well, believe that i'm philosophically opposed to you swearing or not swearing either one <laughs> But I, I will say, like, I'm not a big, like, I'm, I love reading, like, those books of, like, you know, those old books that have, like, dream interpretations. Oh, and, yes. And I love reading yeah. about, like, people's prophetic dreams and things like that. I'm not a big, like, I guess I'm just not a big Freudian. I shouldn't say I'm not, like, a philosopher, because I guess I think about things all the time. But, I mean, Freud, he was little bit more of a psychotherapist i guess in that way but you know he had all these like theories about this means this and this means that mm -hmm. and you know what i think totally true for him right and yes. a bunch of other people listen to him <laughs> yeah yes. exactly exactly so yeah that's so wild to me that people like i don't get me wrong i love seeing and reading and going through all the demon dream interpretation dictionaries and stuff i'm like yeah. Ooh. oh it's interesting but at the same fun. time oh so fun yeah at the same time it's like no mm -hmm. no. no your self your subconscious didn't call the editor and was like hey you guys can you put yeah. this in the dictionary mm -hmm. real quick because this is going to be a doozy yeah yeah, yeah and, different and for so, everyone right and so accurate about you know something that symbolizes something to me is completely different mm -hmm. like my language in that way is completely different than somebody else's you know absolutely oh so, yeah and a, and an object might have something significant to you correct. to your personal life or your past or your future right, right? Mm -hmm. yeah although i do think that as far as like symbols go i think the tarot is an excellent tool for that although i do think there's a really really wide range of what something can mean within the tarot and i've actually i have a, a son he's 12 years old and he's a hockey player and i've actually been teaching him the tarot and i found a deck uh that Dumb. i felt like i just found a deck that like we could vibe on and we started using the tarot, like, I was like, well, what do you, you know, let's ask a question. And we actually started using it before, like, hockey games. Because it was a reference point for him mm -hmm. that he understood and he connected with. And I swear, all, all, like, I, we'd flip the card over and he could read those cards better than I could. Oh. Because he had this pure mind where he was just like, well, I see this person standing in a boat. And so to me, that means like, I'm about to embark on like this new season. And it's like, that's exactly what our card means, <laughs> you know, but like, oh. it means something a little bit different to each person. So we could all look at a boat and you might have boat trauma. So you see a boat right. in a card and you're like, ah, boat trauma, right. but you, but 
other you might think like water is my place of peace so when i see water in a card that to me means something like is going to bring me some form of serenity no matter what or whatever you know so there's a lot of room for interpretation so there's only like a few as far as like tarot books go there's only a few that i really trust and those are the ones that are a little bit more like they're direct, but a little bit ambiguous about kind of this means this, mm-hmm. because I do think there's a lot of uh, room for interpretation there. And every time, you know, every reader you get and also like where the card is and what else it's touching and all that cool stuff. And so I think dreams are similar to that. There's it's like a jigsaw puzzle in a way. Right. Only that yeah. the, mm-hmm. it's kind of mapping our mind or our consciousness or something. I, I love that. I just want, real quick, yep. this is stupid, but I thought you were going to say you found a hockey tarot card. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, I was oh, like, no. wait. I don't know. Am I have to that. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. But I love, that no. He, I love that he's into it. It's just like, yep. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Absolutely. I, deck, I'm trying to, I think, I, I think it's called the Bohemian Tarot deck. And it looks, it's sort of a gorgeous variation on the Rider Waite. But it's definitely more like, oh, there's a knight. Some of the knights are women or the knaves are women. So that's really cool. Or female figures. And I think the magician might be a female figure, which is traditionally portrayed as a man. So I was like, yeah, you should look at this deck, you know. (laughs) Going to raise a feminist magic-y, feminist witchy hockey player. I love it. I love that interpretation that everything is so uh, subjective to our perspective, right? Like everything that we've we've experienced and been through and what means something to somebody means something completely different to somebody else. And the and I like too because when we're kids and we sort of absorb these beliefs or like these talents or like these languages, right? Like the lucid mm-hmm. dreaming, um for me, it was something I was always brought up with. There's magic. Every, there are fairies in the woods. There are mermaids oh, yeah. out there. I was brought up with that stuff. And there so are. It, <laughs> right. And so it's so much easier for me to have the buy-in of like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah no, whatever. Because I don't know. You don't know. So, yes, I'm going to go ahead and believe in that. But that that's so easily accessible when we're children then we kind of get all of this noise from Mm -hmm. the exterior and all of these opinions and assumptions put into us but there are some of those things that just remain with us into adulthood yeah yeah which is why we must influence the children (laughs) (laughs) make them better than we are we suck Just, you know, expose them to a lot of hocus pocus. They'll be all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. No, totally. but that, that, that is absolutely, yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think, I think when you feel, I, I, I think one of the things that happens too, and I mean, even, even if you're exposed to this stuff your whole life, it's natural to explore and look away from it and therefore you're gonna maybe have some doubt or some skepticism or try different things unless you're raised by a witch and then you just stay a witch (laughs) (laughs) the whole time but no I mean it is true that you kind of you know you you do get all that noise and I remember like 
in, I think it was like 1998, I was living in this funky little apartment in San Francisco and like the Tenderloin, that thing cost $400 a month. I mean, it was uh, unbelievable. Riddled with cockroaches and overlooked the garbage cans and an alley where uh, all the hookers would hang out. But they were very nice to me. I was like, the, the hookers kept me safe. But do you say hookers anymore? I don't really no, know. No, it's sex worker. No, but I don't it's know. Fun. I, okay, I yeah, said okay. hookers the other we're day. Talking we're talking 1998. Okay. It's okay. We were yeah, talking about a 90, bar yes, the other yes, day yes, and we were yes. talking about it. So. Yeah. Um, no, but you don't. But there were sex workers out there, yeah. And I just remember, now I got sidetracked for the sex workers. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But I met this amazing man who was, uh, let me just describe him for you. He was 6'2". He had long sort of prematurely graying flowing hair past his shoulders he was he was a, a member of the OTO so he was a practicing themalite and his name was Jack and he was from New Orleans and he was a psychic he was a reader at this place called the psychic eye which was like this big like magic shop chain that we had one in San Francisco there was oh. one in Vegas there was one they were like all over the country and he was a he was a psychic there and he said you know if you want to really like improve your psychic abilities just go one week don't read the news don't watch television back then we didn't have cell phones so don't, he said you know you can answer your phone but just let your phone go to answering machine that's what we had back then but like just, you know kind of caught the noise like you can go about your daily life you can do the things you need to do but if you're trying to like just stay in touch with what your instincts are. You have to actually, in order to get in touch with your instincts, you have to shut out some of those outside influences. And when you do that, it's kind of like a meditative reset. You'll find again and again that the person you're thinking of is thinking of you and contacts you. I think now, and I certainly, being like of that generation that really like grew up typing on a typewriter, but like also started using computers and now sees the incredible benefit because look at us, we're in a magical room that doesn't really exist and we're all hanging out. And it's like, so there's obviously benefit to it, but there's also a lot more just like, you know, you're kind of constantly looking at things and there's a lot of pressure, especially as a creative person to maintain some kind of following and get interest in things. And that can all be quite exhausting, but you still can, I mean, even a day, a day of reset, you know, I just, just to like put your kind of put yourself back on track. And I I just find when I don't know what to do, honestly, like that idea of doing nothing, but like really kind of like shutting everything down and just pulling a couple tarot cards and just having conversations with people, but trying not to like, look at the news, trying not to let any email. Oh, it's the bane of my existence. Email. Just stop looking at it. It'll Evil disappear mail. eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, eventually. Fine. <laughs> I'm just stop contacting you. Yeah. That's fine. That sounds divine and so, so, so stressful. I can't imagine not looking at my phone every five minutes. Oh and my God, yet, I do yeah. it all the time. It, it's not conscious. <laughs> oh, I do it all the time. It's delightful. It's fantastic. Yeah. Like, yeah, and yeah. that's exactly, there's, you know, a couple of things there. First of all, I was annoying everyone all weekend we were at a paranormal conference and Ooh, every what one? person what one? great lakes oh, paranormal conference oh i want to so go fun. to that you gotta I go next year okay, okay. okay. next year so, so i was annoying everyone with asking like okay because 
I think that we put these blockers with these with technology in our way and like we're missing some sort of brain connectivity where we could all be a little bit more psychic and intuitive if we just kind of put that stuff away. Anyway, but besides <laughs> and that, like, shut up, Jenny. Everyone was like, shut, shut up, up. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, but we got to post this on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> my job. Yeah, yeah you're phenomenal at it, and I'm terrible at it because I found a while ago, like as somebody who creates like like tangible sorts of things. I get too involved in the phone and then that sort of ebbs, right? Like I can't make oh, things yeah, as well. Like it's harder to tap into that like creative yes. thing if you're distracted and like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yes. It's so difficult to do and I've got to put the phone down and like breathe through it and then go take a walk outside and find like a forest preserve or something and just not... So when I sell my next book, I'm buying myself this thing. <laughs> I've already decided, pre, pre-ordered. It's like a high, it's like the modern day typewriter. It's this product that's called, I should get an endorsement deal. It's called Free Write. <clears throat> and it's basically like, it looks like, a, it looks like a small portable typewriter, but it solves the, okay, yeah, I can type on a typewriter. That's great. It's a fun thing to do. But if I've got a deadline or I've got to turn something in, or I've got to turn something into something else, then I have to retype that whole thing. Or what am I going to do? Scan it, turn it into a yeah. PDF, convert it to a word. You know, yeah. it's just like, I'm not, yeah. by that time, I might as well have just typed it on the computer. So what this thing is like a smart typewriter. So you type and it's distraction-free. <clears throat> it's kind of distraction-free writing. But it does have a Bluetooth component that you can basically like you know, whatever, send it through the cloud to your computer and it converts it into a document that you can then work on. And you, there's a small little screen. It's like a tiny little word processor. I was going to say, is uh, it like the word yeah. processors that were and so cool and modern yeah. ones, yes. but they're not yeah, it's a, yeah, exactly, exactly. It, you can actually lift this one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big two-hander. There was a handle. You were yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. everything. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so uh, I think that that, because I, I think the other thing about the, the creative process, and I think with writing, there's a big challenge for any kind of like online creation, because you are like, basically, you, it, it's so tempting to just open a tab and look at Facebook or open a tab, you know, so just it's like, it's constantly, yeah. or like, <laughs> actually, I want to look that up. And one thing I, I found myself and I, I've, as my son is getting older, and he's doing like longer writing projects. And I tell him, like, one of my tricks is, like, it's not, like, this, like, revolutionary concept or anything. But if you don't know something and you know you want to look it up, you just highlight it and move on so you can stay with that flow. So you can stay with the generative part of writing. And then you can go back and you can add the research later. Like, I'll even put in things like year that this actually happened and big brackets with the highlight and then move on because if I get caught up trying to look up huh. what that is then I'm like oh look at this rabbit hole of medieval history yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. you know like I need to do this for like five hours I Bye. Have, this is relevant <laughs> <laughs> maybe someday also, I gotta do I it like this. yeah yeah so <laughs> And, and that's fine to do. Like it's fun sometimes to get lost in that rabbit hole. But when you're trying to, when you're trying to not interrupt that generative flow, I mean, it is hard to get 20 minutes of flow. You know, we're working yes. women. We've got distractions galore. 
The other thing that really helped me is I took a writing class from this amazing woman and she said, Marcy Rendon, and she's a novelist and she writes these indigenous crime novels that are just phenomenal. And she, I took a class from her and she had us do all these writing prompts and then she had us like stop. And then she was not like a lot of times, like people will be like, oh, you know, finish your thought where she's like, you can stop now, put your pens down. And what she said is that in real life, when you're writing and you have something like really creative going, you're going to get interrupted. Your kids are going to ask you for something. Your family's going to ask you for something. Someone's going to ring the doorbell. You're going to need to go somewhere. And so all of those distractions, she said she never actually gets writer's block because she never actually has enough time to get the stuff done. And it's actually really, really been helpful for me because instead of like saying, okay, I have to set aside this like grand amount of time. If I've got a thought, I'm just going to go with it. And when that thought is actually interrupted by something I care about, it stays with me. And I think about it again and again and again. I'm like, I got to go finish that sentence. So I thought that was a really helpful, very practical tool for any creative person um, to be able to, instead of like, yeah, ideally we're isolated and we have all this time to pace the room and, you know, smoke cigarettes and drink too much coffee and, and, and put off writing. But if we're, (laughs) but like, you know, or art, you know, creating the art or whatever it is that we need to, to get done to actually have like that kind of that like just accept the distractions are going to come and just say to yourself, I'm going to put a bookmark in that and I'm going to come back to that as soon as I can. And if you have to write in fits and starts, that's okay. And that was very revolutionary for me to learn that. I learned that last year. (laughs) I was like, wow, this is life changing. Yeah. It's that's so good. One of the things that like I've over the past few years, I'd say probably seven years, I don't know. One of the things that I've learned is the creativity and fear process. Mm. And that those two things sort oh. of walk hand in hand most so of the much. time. Have yes. you read have you read Big Magic? Yeah, I have Big Magic. Yes. It's so yes. good. It's yeah. so that yeah. book, honestly, mm, yeah. has, has saved my book. butt in so many different areas, not just That's creative. A book. That's but, a book uh, you can just read a random section. And I love it too. Like the font is really big and it's really airy. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like really not intimidating when you get into it. You're just like, yeah, this is great. Oh yeah. I I have time to read this, Mm -hmm. but yeah, just that creative process. And I think the key is having, having a space or having it in front of you in a way that you can continue to do it. So for me, that's like a writing room where like my stuff's just always there and I can just bop in and do it. But sometimes I write at the counter or the kitchen table or like, you know, I write outside as much as possible because I live in Minnesota. So it's only possible from like, you know, June to (laughs) early October. (laughs) And then you're kind of like, yeah, no. Um, Yeah. But I think that there's a real magic in that creative process. And just I'll loop this back into fairies. So I, I know that fair, like the recurring theme with fairies is this absence of time, like this misplaced time, right? Like mm-hmm. you go into the fairy kingdom and, you know, things take longer than they think. You've got, been gone or it's, everything seems to happen like overnight and then you leave 
and it's been seven years or so the apps like just it messes with your sense of time and we have this and I mean like the royal we right like we have this sense in the in the modern western world in particular of time being like beginning middle end beginning middle end beginning middle end and very linear and we sort of overlook the like you know the constant kind of loop of time and and I think that's to our detriment but I think that this this goes with the creative process this goes with storytelling this goes with fairy tales and mythology that in this time if i'm telling you a story and i'm i'm telling you about this little troll that kind of lives on the edge of the swamp and the children like to play you like you're kind of like you get lost in the swamp and you're thinking like could this be but regardless you're listening to the story you're reading the story, you're lost in that story, and you have actually lost track of time, like losing track of time. To me, that's fairy time. Mm -hmm. Losing track of the modern idea of time mm -hmm. is fairy time. And so I think that with fairy tales or storytelling of any kind or entering that world of the fairy, it is kind of that suspension of disbelief. It's what happens when we have paranormal encounters, but they're so brief. It's such a glitch. And then when we retell the story, it's like it took an hour and a half for that to happen. <laughs> but really, it's just like 30 seconds and the whole time you're trying to convince yourself it's not happening. Yeah. Right? Like you're, yeah. But the, the sense of time is like stretched out and messed up. And it's not because you're trying to exaggerate. It is because you're trying to process, but it's also because there was a glitch in like how you thought things were gonna go. And so I think that that actually has this incredible like magic and power. And so to me, that is evidence of the fairy realm and of this magical realm is that we do it every day. Children do it easier than we do, but we do it every day. Honestly, we do it with our phones. You space out, you're watching someone's funny Instagram reels as they're like making jokes about how they say words in Scotland. Guilty. <laughs> and the next thing you know, you're like, oh, we got to get to school. We're going to be late. So I think, but even that, like there's this, you, you know, that rabbit hole in itself is the, the closest we can come to actually putting a definition on what fairy time is. There's a more sacred, I think there's kind of like a more sacred version where you would like willingly go into it and appreciate it. But usually when fairies come upon people, it's not a willing situation. They've made a mistake. They've right. gone down the road they shouldn't have gone down. They stayed out too late at the pub. They wronged the wrong, per wrong person. They whistled past the graveyard. And now all of a sudden you got to carry a corpse to the other side of County Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> again. Yeah, oh, again. Sometimes things happen. It's just what you got to do. You have no choice. Oh, I love that comparison. That's, that's yeah. amazing. Oh, man, I've just been getting so many cool nuggets of stuff lately. But, yeah, that lost time is fairy time. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we feel like we maybe feel bad about it sometimes. I know I do. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. God, this is based out. But I really, I think it's, I mean, I, you know, I listen to podcasts and I just like or go for walks and get lost in that and the thoughts. And it really is, it puts us in this other, uh, other point, like other, like, headspace. And to be honest with you, we have to have that headspace because honestly, if we can't, if we can't break down our mindset enough to believe in 
mermaids almost swore there if we can't break down <laughs> our mindset to believe in mermaids how are we going to figure out like how to cure cancer right like we yeah. have to think outside the box and so right. we have to accept some things are out of our control and out of our out of our knowledge base yeah and our understanding right because yeah. that's the mindset of entrepreneurs that's the mindset of change makers yeah so mermaids for the win <laughs> mermaids for the win always i agree but you're right like that that little bit of time i used to feel very badly about it right and i've been through a couple of things in my life where i felt like oh i wasted so much time doing this or i didn't do this but but none of that is accurate because there are lessons and there are teachings mm -hmm. that occur in moments that i'm not even aware of until later you know oh, yeah. and so you are where you're supposed to be at any given point in time. You mm -hmm. know, like that is the place that you're supposed to be. That is the thing that you're supposed to, of course, barring like murder or whatever, but that is the thing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, don't you yeah. Yeah. And then someone has to carry the corpse. Yeah. Yeah, I was, was going to get world. far less philosophical. I just have a pond in my backyard that I'm pretty sure the fairies are all over. Oh, and I just sure. literally like I some there are some days like when it's not too hot, like when there's not enough things to like distract you that I will literally just go out there and just like be there the whole day. Mm -hmm. And I will be like, Oh, okay. that was literally the whole okay, day. But I don't even know can if I, I give eat or you, drink water. Can I give you one piece of advice? Yes. <laughs> don't fall asleep on the fairy yeah. mount. Rip Van Winkle, not buddy. Fall don't. asleep on the fairy mount. And if you do, don't it's eat not or drink anything when you get asleep. there. No. <laughs> There's no comfortable place to fall asleep, I mean, so I will not. Just, just, just do it. Like, you don't I'm, know. So my, my friend Bucky has this expression of like being a hot stove toucher. Like it's kind of like an addict's expression where it's like, that stove is hot. Ooh, let me see. You know? And so when my mom would say, don't fall asleep on the fairy mountain, she would say in this way where like, I knew I shouldn't do it, but there's always been this part of me. It's the part of me that's in love with the villain. It's the part of me that wants to run off into the sunset with Freddy Krueger, you know, like <laughs> that part of me is like, but what would happen if I did? Like, how much worse could so, it be? Uh, upon the fairy feast, you know? Like, how, how bad can it get? Maybe I will drink that drink that was offered at the fairies. Look at that concoction. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, we are well past an hour. We and are. It feels like it hasn't been even close no, to No, no. That all. was its own fairy time. Oh, yeah, I hope that, and I feel like we didn't even scratch the surface Not of even. the top of the iceberg, and I'm sad about that. So you have to come back and talk. I to would. Oh, yes. you are all so wonderful. I would I love, love to come you. back. <laughs> so I love you too. I love you too. Okay, Thank let's all you. look into each other's eyes. So we have to look at like, <laughs> look at the camera, right? Are, so, are we all... and I'm obsessed with this like. <laughs> just like a fabricated yeah, room theory yeah. and like and just this place that doesn't exist oh, that we all are beautiful magical group like Enchanting. basically we're time traveling right now right we're like Stop. i don't know are we on the same time zone we're not all in the same state no we might all, are we on the Three same of us time are. zone central same central yeah where are you central central, central. We're all central. central. <laughs> We're all here right now. See, oh, it's all meant to be. <laughs> the center. You got to come to the center. 
Well, for everyone else who just watched all of this madness, we will see you next week, and I hope you enjoyed this. And yeah, see you next week. Thank you. Goodbye. 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 Oh my goodness.